Learning about movies. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. Hello and welcome to Syndication, episode fucking I don't know. Was this nine? Something. Who cares? We'll fig- you'll see it when you uh, click on it, you know, and you're like, oh, I'm going to watch this episode. You'll see the number there. It doesn't matter. We don't know. Why don't we know? Because we took hey. a very, very long hiatus of about, give or take six months. We're back. And now we're back. Who, who's we, you might be asking yourself? Well, I'm Tyler Young, and I'm joined and by I'm Devin Ellis. Oh, yeah. God damn it, Tyler. I was going to introduce you, but you did it. That's cool. And there's another Fine, guy. introduce me. Matt, last name withheld. That's his actual last yes. name. You can look it up. It's got hyphens. How do you spell that? Uh, last name withheld? Yeah. L-A-S-T. <laughs> do you really want me to spell the whole thing? I figured you'd be able to spell your own last name. I don't know why it's such a chore. Like, Yeah, you know, it, I had uh, learning disabilities. I can do mine real fast. Y-O-U-N-G. See? Because I you know, grew up with it. Wow. You're so smart. Okay, this joke's old now. God. So what do we do here? We watch movies <laughs> that we haven't seen ever. And I wasn't sure if you were actually asking us what do we do here or not. I like to ask myself questions and I'm then going to um, answer right afterwards. Right. Okay. What is this do again you... that we're doing? What are we talking about? Uh, movies, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, we're, so sh- we're shaking the dust I, off. Like, are we like your, your Greek chorus? We're like... What are we doing here, Tyler? Well, let me tell you. What we do okay. is, I can. That sounds like I want to break out in a song if you do that. Like, so why don't I you hope tell you them what do. we do? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you. We uh we watch movies that we've never seen that we feel like we should have seen. There, the end. Short and sweet. That's what we do. Beautiful. Yeah, it's real good. And this p- week. <laughs> This movie, let me tell you, Matt, Matt picked it, and we couldn't have picked an easier, simpler <laughs> film to talk about than Eight and a Half, the 1963 Italian film directed by Federico Fellini. Uh, yeah, this yeah. is a great movie to come back on after a long time of not doing the podcast. It's just a really relaxing, feel-good family flick, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like summer popcorn movie. That's really what it is. <laughs> Did you know that I didn't realize this was a comedy until after I had seen the movie and that I was reading up on it? I Apparently didn't a lot of his actors didn't know it was a comedy while they were filming it. Apparently uh, he had to have a reminder up on his own camera that, hey, this is a comedy. Remember, <laughs> it's supposed to be funny. I, isn't there some old quote, some aphorism about life being a comedy until it's a, a, a tragedy or something like that? Isn't it comedy is tragedy plus time? That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, I laugh about the Titanic every time I think about it. Do you? Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, cause the, it, came, it happened in 1912. It was a long time ago. It was a tragedy. And, you know, every year it gets funnier whenever I think about the Titanic. The algebra doesn't lie, Devin. Stupid <laughs> boat. Look out for the iceberg. Yeah, South Park did a whole episode about it where they just started laughing about AIDS because they're like, guys, it's been 21 and a half years since AIDS was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we can start laughing about AIDS now. So, uh, so Matt, why did, why did you pick eight and a half six months ago? Um... <laughs> if you recall. 
I honestly don't remember. I I think because what what did we just watch? Did we just do Gone with the Wind? Mm, was that the one right before this one? I think so because it was your pick. Can you come before me in the order? Uh, I think we had just done Gone with the Wind, I think so. and I was I just kind of wanted to do something that was like more artistic. If that makes sense. Yeah, or, something a little. Um... After being steeped in American racism and awfulness, mm. I thought, let's go abroad and do something that's considered more of an art film. Yeah, boy, how this was this is supposed to be good. Yeah. So I would not have picked this if I'd known it was going to be the thing that we had to come back to after a long This is the movie that broke us. We all decided to not do the podcast for six <laughs> months. And then like finally after like regrouping and... Uh, recalibrating we came back and now we can finally do it this movie broke us man yeah that's what it was (laughs) so we've all we've all seen this like in pieces well actually i know Devin and i have seen this in pieces i don't know about you matt but you haven't seen it long i actually sat down and watched it beginning to end but that was six months ago that was like no that was just about a month ago okay um so i gotta say like when i first started watching it the very first scene i remember being really into it being like oh shit like this is yeah really like kind of creepy and really atmospheric and i love like there's no dialogue right now and he's stuck in a traffic jam uh, i was with you it looked really cool even when when you and me just watched the trailer we were like this looks really interesting i was kind of hyped for the movie when i before i had seen it yeah me too i, I really liked that trailer um but then it meanders for a very long time um so like well yeah i mean it's a movie about writer's block right like yeah <laughs> it is well it's about nothing it's it's a movie about itself it's seinfeld the movie right yeah it's a movie about nothing uh it so like when i first watched it i really didn't like this movie <laughs> like i just like didn't really know where it was going or why it was going or why I should care about Guido and his like why he couldn't write this movie. Um, and, you know, I felt like he was very unsympathetic and he like had this, you know, he, he had uh, like his wife who showed up, who he's estranged from because he kept cheating on her and she had this other relationship kind of going on. I'm like, maybe it's just like. I don't know, like an older Italian thing? Nope, nope, no, they're really fucked up. They really have a bad relationship. Like, okay. but And they, they really dwell on that for a long time. They keep talking about their, their messed up relationship. And he just kind of walks around not doing his movie while people keep haranguing him about doing his movie. And for a while, I'm like, what is happening? Where is this going? Why? Why are we watching this? Uh, and that's kind of when we, like, I took a break with Devin. We were watching it together. And halfway through, we're like, we just got to take a break. Since then, I started, you know, when I went to go watch the second half of it, I started actually looking it up and figuring out what the movie was. And knowing about why this movie and how this movie was made and the parallels between Fellini and Guido and the movie Eight and a Half and the movie inside the movie Eight and a Half, once I started realizing it's all this big meta movie about the movie itself, I really started appreciating it more. And the ending really does pick up, and it and it gets like really much more exciting and, and artistic and crazy near the end. I think once his wife really starts calling him out on this shit, it gets a lot better. 
Because I think the problem with the beginning of the movie is that there are just no stakes. Yeah. It just feels mm-hmm. like Guido's, like, all all of the obstacles between him and the things that he wants are... it. Every, every single one of them is him. Right. Yeah. Right? Like, he's the only impediment to him. And, and so, like, it never feels like there's any stakes. Nobody seems to be really holding him accountable for anything. And then at the end of the movie, his producer starts calling him on his shit. His wife starts calling him on his shit. The tone turns. And, like, you really feel like, oh, okay. So, like, this guy's life is actually falling apart. It just hasn't looked like it up until now. Right. It's funny. I actually, I have in my notes, I wrote, movie starts to pick up when Carla meets Louisa and her friend Rosella. And they argue over the infidelity and, like, whether it had ended or if it's still going on. And then he starts to daydream about that harem of women um yeah. at that villa that's absurd and that's when i'm like <laughs> oh, okay and i started like realizing what the movie was about and it was about him trying to write a movie to kind of like work out his own shit right and then like all the critics and everyone involved in the movie are like this movie's like this doesn't go anywhere this doesn't mean anything like why do we care about this guy that's the main character in the movie you know which is Guido, yeah. which is Fellini, yeah. which was me for a while going like, why am I watching this? This like, why do I care about all this? And then I realized like, that's kind of the point of the movie so far is because Fellini didn't know when he was making the movie. So that's what he made the movie about. So Guido doesn't right. know. Which is why Guido doesn't know. Yeah, <laughs> It was kind of weird. I remember watching it and there was a, there was a specific scene. I forget what it was when it was, it was kind of slow and it was dragging on. And I was, I was feeling like, what's the point of this? And then they have dialogue about the film and, and. Uh, I, I forget who it was, but someone was critiquing Guido's movie, and he was like, "What's the point? Like, there's nothing happening in that." Yeah, yeah. And I no, was I, like, I love that they had that. I love that they had that critic guy throughout the movie yeah. acting as like sort of his like the voice in the back of his head criticizing his own like artistic impulses. And like, he's what's kind of the, the point of this. Yeah, it's 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 really well done. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not the Transformers, but uh <laughs> good. I hate the Transformers movies. No, no, no. I mean I mean that in the sense that like it's not mindless entertainment. Oh, no, yeah. Like it it, it actually requires some effort, uh which I think makes it difficult but also makes it kind of worthwhile. Yeah. That was sort of my frustration in general because I was like everything I'm looking at it makes sense and it feels like a good movie but it's almost like I don't get it yet. You know, it requires yeah. a lot of attention to try and like think about it and understand what, what they're trying to say. Um, yeah. So I just, which, I, and, and I will say like, I find it kind of annoying that I think the entire movie is sort of insulated from a lot of criticism because the whole movie is about, he doesn't know what the movie's about. Mm. So if you say things like, this movie drags, this movie doesn't have a point, this movie doesn't go anywhere. People will, you know, like, the the obvious... That's the point. Yeah, like, he didn't know. that He made a movie about not knowing. Um, Which, it's funny because, like, so do you guys know about the production of the movie? Like, how Fellini literally didn't know what movie he was making while he was making it at first? No. Yeah. I did not know that, no. Like, it's, it's actually a true story. Like, he... That's why it's called Eight and a Half, because at first he had no idea what the movie was about. All he knew was the movie's about a guy who had some kind of profession, didn't even know what it was at the time. He's really good at something, he's been doing it for a long time, and then has a creative block where he can't think of what to do next. 
And then so that's that's all he had to go off of. And so he had it greenlit because he was already a famous director at that point. So he got the money, he, like he got the funding, he started making sets, <laughs> he started hiring people, <laughs> started doing screen tests, and then he started getting deeper and deeper into the hole when he didn't even know what he was making at the time still. Didn't know the characters, like, I think he he only knew that the guy's name was Guido, but he didn't know what he did for a living, or what the resolution was going to be, or why he had this creative block, or what kind of, like, what, what the movie was going to say, if anything. And so, like, he got to this point where he was going to call off the movie, and then they brought him all to this big, like, press conference kind of thing where he had to, like, stand up in front of, like, the cast and crew and everybody and do this toast. And he was like, oh, shit, what the fuck am I doing? Like, oh, <laughs> God, I'm in it now. I'm in it now, boy. I don't, I don't know. And that's when it dawned on him, that's the movie. This is the movie. I'm going to make a movie about what's happening to me right here in this movie. And people on the set were like, what are we doing what's my role (laughs) like they improvised a ton of the movie like as they were filming it um if you notice like everything was 80 yard everything's recorded afterwards and placed back in a lot of the lines the even in in italian the the lip syncing doesn't match up to what's being said because they just mouthed a bunch of bullshit they're just like how's your day today ah pretty good it's kind of hot out (laughs) what are we filming right now i don't really know so i just know i'm supposed to act surprised right now and then they eighty yard other lines on top of the actual lines on top of it. After so they had where does the eight and a half come from? It's his It's his eight and a half film. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No. Oh. It's just his eighth eighth and a half film. Yep. So he did six films, uh two short films, and then he co directed with somebody. Mm, I gotcha. So or no, something yeah. like that. Maybe it was one short film. It yeah, no, that's that that math works out, right? Um, it was wait seven feature films and then two short films and two. co-directed. So okay, the seven like the the three half like the two half films make up one, and then co-directed is the half. So that's eight and a half. Um, and that's so it's why literally just named yeah, was, sequentially. Yeah, it was like a placeholder name movie. Where he's like, it's my eight and a half film. What's it about? The let's just it's about <laughs> my eight and a half film. Yeah, I'm writing it. Don't worry. You're like that's what an actor would say. Like, yeah. So what's this movie about? Like, ah, just I'll get back to you. Just keep doing vocal warm ups. I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's what happened in eight and a half. Like, it, it's very the whole the whole thing is just a meta self self referential movie, which I appreciate now that i know what it is but at the time when i was watching it i was frustrated like wow what is this like why am i watching this do you even have a a, like a plot summary because i was thinking about this and i was like i don't envy tyler trying to make this because (laughs) there's not really a plot like what how do you even summarize that i took really short bullet point plot points so let's let's so i got like uh guido and selmi is suffering from a director's block while making a sci-fi film uh, and then it's just kind of like, you know, the critic is following him, saying that the movie is, you know, like all the all the bad things we said. It's meandering. The the main character is unsympathetic and whatever. And so he's like dodging his crew and cast, who's just haranguing him about making this this movie that they're all paid to do, and he's not doing anything or making any decisions. Um, his mistress Carla comes to visit from Rome, but Guido uh, puts her up into a hotel and just kind of like doesn't pay attention to her 
the entire time basically until she keeps like butting in and like hey so hey it's me and i think she she's acting in the movie too by the way fun fact that mistress carla is actually in real life fellini's mistress oh really yes <laughs> that's fucking wild so he was married had a mistress cast the mistress as his movie stand-ins mistress <laughs> uh which is i can't yeah that's crazy um Let's see. Uh, he invites his wife, Louisa, and her friends to join. Um, he's estranged from his wife, uh, and he's trying to, like, kind of work it out with her while trying to make the movie, and she's just kind of fed up with his shit. Uh, and then, I really, like, the movie starts to pick up when Carla and Louisa and her friend, uh, uh, when they all meet and they have a dinner together, and they all kind of, like, bring up Guido's shit in front of them, and they all start to, like call him out and talk about the infidelities and like how kind of uncaring he is and how he only cares about himself and um then he starts to daydream about having the harem of women uh who eventually turn on him when they do that thing where like if they age out they go upstairs and this one like one woman that's part of his harem is about to be sent upstairs because she aged out and she's super upset and then she causes like a rebellion and they all start calling him out on all of his shortcomings all in front of him they all start freaking out and it's him kind of like having all this self-doubt and him just like sitting there with the real life women in his life shitting on him you know for good reasons and now then he starts like internalizing it um then his producer makes guido sit down for uh, screen tests uh, all the characters in the tests are people from Guido's life. Uh, his wife is there, and she can't take how she's betrayed in the screen test because it's uh, the the characters are obviously supposed to be her. It looks just like her. They put gla- they put glasses on the on the actress that look just like his wife's glasses. Um, so she storms out, and when he follows her out there, she uh, she tells him like you're hopeless this marriage is hopeless i'm out like you you can't you will never find love because you can't even love yourself you don't even know what love is like you you just you don't care you know and she storms out and leaves um then he meets this uh what he sees or what the the movie calls like the ideal woman which is this actress named claudia um he's like ah she'll fix everything this woman claudia she's gonna be my muse she's gonna make everything all right she's i don't know i don't know why the ideal woman but i guess because she's really good looking uh, i don't know uh, he tells her all about the film uh brings her out to like a, a lot for a proposed uh set and he's like explaining everything about the film and she's like yeah that sounds like bullshit <laughs> doesn't sound like a good movie uh the character the main character sounds like an unsympathetic piece of crap that why would anyone want to watch like succeed or fail and no one really who would watch this movie <laughs> talking about the movie yeah. that we're watching right um and that's like it, it like that's the last straw it breaks guido's spirit and he's like that's it i'm i can't do this movie it's off what's the point what's the point to even doing it but then he swept up into this big press conference um and every, that's when everything, it's a big crescendo point in the movie where everything's crashing down on him at once. All of his, everything he put off has now come back around at the same time. Uh, everyone's there looking at him, like, finally waiting for him to say something, anything about the movie, what he's doing, what the direction is. 
what it's about, anything. And he, it, it all gets to him, and he climbs under the table and shoots himself. If that's real, I'm not sure. I don't know if he, like, if it's him actually just saying, like, canceling the movie and not doing the movie, and that's him shooting himself, or he actually goes under the table and kills himself, and the rest of the movie is like a like a dream or an after-death kind of sequence, or after that, it's hard to tell what's real. I, I think it was a fantasy, because he was kind of, like, gearing up into more and more fantasies as the movie went on like so you think the shooting himself was a fantasy or yeah. the stuff after i think the shooting himself was a fantasy i don't know about the stuff after i would assume so as well mm-hmm. but so then yeah, it's hard to tell so like what would tell. be reality him just like being at the press conference and saying like the movie's canceled like i'm not yeah doing it. i think he canceled my interpretation was that he canceled the movie and him killing himself was him killing the movie and also sort of giving up you know because everything was sort of coming to that that moment and it was i imagine pretty overwhelming because that critic does come up and talk to him before like that big dance number um he's like look hey you know canceling the movie was a great move you know it's better to just like lose a bunch of money right now and not do the movie and then do a better movie later on than come out with a bad movie and have that attached to your name you know um so like the lesson i guess he learns in the end is like trying to accept like not make that movie because the movie's not going to help anybody like it's not going to help him no one's going to like it it's going to make things worse he's not like he shouldn't use like a film like that for therapy and then he starts to realize that he really needs the people around in his life and he's not he's trying to do everything on his own and he's trying to like only think of himself and it's not helping anyone it's not helping him and he, he needs the people around him, uh, I guess, is kind of the the main point. I mean, the, at the whole end. movie was kind of just about him, anyways. Well, yeah, every everything just was just following him around, and it was all about him and his dreams and his fantasies and. His and by him, it's it's Fellini, really. It's all about Fellini's uh, yeah, yeah. life it's, and it's, dreams. It's and multiple problems. layers of meta and narcissism. Yep. Uh, and I appreciate it for that, you know, once I kind of figured out what the movie was. You know, when we first started watching it uh, in that first scene, I'm like, oh, shit, this is a very like David Lynch kind of movie or, or at least this scene. I wonder if yeah he took this movie as some kind of influence. And I looked up later on. It's one of his favorite movies. So definitely. Mm. Have you guys ever seen uh, Adaptation? I love that movie. I, I love that it. movie too, and I didn't realize how much it borrowed from. Like, I didn't. This is obviously like it took so much from this movie, and I never knew. And it made me like sort of relook at adaptation, how good it is. Um, and that one's watching this. That one's really hard to tell what's real and what's not too, because like, yeah. Charlie Kaufman does not have a twin brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he writes one in there and himself. But even is yeah. even I don't really I never looked that one up after I watched it because it's been a very long time since I've seen it. Like I don't know how much of that is actually real and. No, it's so it, uh, from what I know, like the general outline is the same. Is that he couldn't? He was he was hired to make a book about orchids, <laughs> the orchid hunter right? movie. Yeah, into a movie, and and as he was trying to figure out how to make that or how to write that he thought like 
this is it. Like the most artistic thing happening is me trying to figure <laughs> out how to figure, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like he made that the plot of the movie and that's how he, because that movie is still, I think, officially an adaptation of the Orchid Hunter. That's weird because like there's very little like orchid hunting in it. <laughs> there's a, yeah. there's a bit of it, but not a whole lot. Yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong about that, but I, I think I remember reading that somewhere. That's one of my that's one of my favorite uh, Nick Cage performances too. That and um, Raising Arizona, which I really I urge the both of you to watch. Yeah. Wait, have you seen it? Yeah, Raising Arizona. Oh man, yeah, Devin, you I need to not. see that. It's one of my favorite What's comedies. You know what? This is an episode about eight and a half. We keep talking about other movies now. <laughs> um i don't know if we said it on the show or not but we were talking about like because of the nature of this movie and how long ago we watched it and this is us coming back from a long hiatus this will probably end up being like a, a half episode it's a mini episode yeah a mini-sode got any more quick facts tyler quick facts quick facts let's see uh whatever whatever i remember off the top of my head no i mean that was pretty much it just like the like how it was made and why um the remember this is a comedy note that fellini had on his camera (laughs) david lynch really being into it and then just like looking up i just did a like read a few like reviews of the movie and how it like kind of influenced film from there no. Uh, what you, you you guys got anything else you want to talk about? No, I feel good with that. You want to do ratings? Yeah, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, I liked it. It was it was hard to get through. Uh, it may or may not have killed our podcast for a while, but uh... <laughs> yeah, it wasn't anything personal at all. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Eight, I guess. I'll go with eight. It's good. It's good. Yeah, one. Eight and a half. Uh... Uh, he just always has to be more positive. Uh, I um, I liked it. This was. It's a little bit difficult for me to judge because I feel like it was a good movie, and I may just have not gotten it. If that makes sense. Yeah, like like it's it's like you recognize it as a good movie, but you didn't really like watching it. Yeah. yeah, so it's difficult for me to rate because I could rate it as a movie independently of my opinions, and I feel like it'd get a higher score. But just for me, I'd probably give it like maybe a seven. That's not a bad score. It's not a bad score because I did enjoy parts of it. There were a good, like a lot of the surreal dream sequences I kind of really enjoyed. I thought they were cool and trippy and um, there were a good. There was a good chunk of the movie that I thought was genuinely funny, um, mm. but it was a little, you know, the lack of direction didn't help my inability to stay attentive to one thing at a given time. Yeah, like so, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, I appreciate what the movie is. I like that it that it exists and what it does. But it's also, like, it's kind of lazy, you know? It's like Fellini kind of, like, just throwing the shit together, like, ah, fuck. Like, he turned it into something really interesting and really cool, and it's just an interesting project, but it's not very fun to watch, 
and kind of on purpose, but not really. It was him just kind of like, this is the movie. Me not knowing uh, you know, like what I'm doing uh, for this movie, you know, which yeah. does that make it okay <laughs> that it's really <laughs> meandering and kind of like... I think it is okay. It's kind of like one of those concept art pieces that only works once and only because they're the first one to do it. But it's and not like he set that, out to do that, though. Like yeah, I know. But that's the point. Like, he was the first one to set out not really knowing, I think, and have it be like a big successful movie and have that be the point of the movie. I think if anyone else did that afterwards, people would just call them on their shit and be like, this isn't a movie about me. <laughs> but this one, it gets a pass because, you know. Because he pulled it off somehow in the end. Yeah. You know? You know, it's funny that we basically, like, he basically had a double therapy session <laughs> and released it onto the world, <laughs> and it was so influential that we all still have to talk about his double therapy <laughs> session all these years later. Yeah, the whole thing is like an exercise in narcissism, like. But in a way that's really self-critical, so, like, you yeah. can't, like, he's criticizing himself for being so narcissistic. Like Guido does not come off as like a good character, and they he's even not say given it. any passes. Yeah, yeah. Like he, he's he's dumped on the entire movie. So you're like, okay, Fellini, like you, like you're being a shit, but you're also calling yourself out for being a shit. Yeah, and I think that's so that's like, where the comedy do... comes from. You know. Yeah, and it's so it's difficult. You're just like, yeah, I I guess, like, <laughs> yeah. You've done all the criticism that I would have wanted to do already in your film, so <laughs> I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it a seven too because of that. Where like I do appreciate like it was hard to watch. I, I do kind of want to watch it again, but maybe like kind of a truncated version, skip over a few parts. Um, but I appreciate it. I, I like I like that I have seen it now. You know, mm. it was good. I like it. Seven. Uh, okay, so what are we doing next week? week next week <laughs> week <laughs> well, let's not see. six months yeah it's my pick right yeah yeah i believe so yeah what is it gonna be we're all wrapped in suspense <laughs> <laughs> let's do rocky the original rocky oh man that sounds what like a surprise fun. what a what a punch out of the left side i oh, feel like shit. i just got a right hook <laughs> You uppercutted me with surprise. I'm going to walk it off up some stairs. This is getting out of like, hand. From the movie, remember, remember he ran up the stairs and then he... Did he? I feel like we need a series of shots playing under music, like a training montage, but for reactions. Yeah, I need an old angry guy yelling at me from a bike while I'm running. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Are we out? I think... We're yeah, we're about thirty minutes. That's uh, that's a good like half episode for this one, and then uh, cool. We'll be much more prepared. Well, at least I'll be much more prepared for for the next week. I won't speak for you two, but and we'll do a full episode on Rocky. So you want to know something funny? No. Yeah, I'm only into serious stuff. Uh, I so because at the beginning of this episode you asked what episode we're on, I went and looked it up while we were talking. This was episode eight. And it was a oh my god <laughs> that's wild that's amazing that's uh i can't we i swear to god we didn't plan that out that's kind of awesome actually yeah i it couldn't have worked out better Woo. Dude. sometimes art imitates life. we had a creative block we went on hiatus and we finally brought it back together for the our eight uh. and a half episode
Too on much eight meta. And a half. <laughs> My brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Who's doing the outro gonna... music? Yeah, you should sing us out, Tyler. Oh shit! Right, I oh fuck, I forgot all about that. Uh, that's a thing we did. <laughs> This was a podcast about a movie, about a movie, about a movie, and it's a podcast about a podcast, about a podcast, about a movie, and a podcast, and a movie, and a podcast (laughs) about real life. (laughs) Yeah. Best one yet. (laughs) Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Love you.